What is going on, folks? It's episode 31 of the Main Stand Podcast, and it's St. Patrick's Day, and we got the bevies, the green bevies, uh, green bevies flowing. It's a great day to be a Main Stand fan. You guys are hearing this on Friday, a day after St. Patrick's Day, but we're still in the St. Patty's Day mood. How are my fellas we- doing this week? Uh, I'm sweating. I'm terrified. It was I did not have a good 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 football weekend at all. We have so I had much like to a talk 50, about. 50. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. I had like a 50-50 football weekend. We'll uh we'll talk about the ups and downs and all arounds this week. I think I think before we actually talk about our teams and uh, let our blue and red bias bleed into this episode yeah. as it always does, let's talk about something nice and neutral. Josh, how'd betting go? So betting went good um, this past week. I think we went – I need to go back and check the actual what we did this past week. I think we Numbies. went – I think we went five for eight, um, but we hit on some pretty big ones, which was nice. I did update the whole betting spreadsheet, which I think you can get to on my Twitter. Um, overall, the main stand, since we've been doing Rick's picks, I put out 130 picks. We've won about 55% of those, up 17 units. So if you put 100 bucks on all the picks so far, you're up 1700 bucks if you're listening to me. So I take that as success. Uh, it hasn't been great in the past few weeks, but I thought we did really good this week. We hit some games like nail on the head. Um, Brighton specifically we had the under 2.5 on Liverpool Brighton and solid a score and both of those hit um, the Arsenal one as well which was Arsenal to win plus 1.5 goals in their game um, so some really good ones uh, hope to see another good week this time though yeah I do too I, I wish you were right about City um, but you know it is what it is uh, I, th- I think other uh, general news general news news update here first and foremost um i think this is the most interesting one uh the the england call-ups got announced yes. the england squad got announced you know that being a 70 percent uh epl podcast uh, we have a lot to say about the premier league in particular and there are a lot of notable omissions um i think the most notable omissions just from like a name standpoint maybe not necessarily a performance standpoint is um Rashford, Sancho, and Walker. Walker, he did talk about why, why he wasn't included in the side, mm-hmm. and it actually makes a ton of sense. Um, but those those three are like big, big names that um, aren't going to be in the England camp um, for these this up, upcoming set of fixtures. So, uh, what do you fellas think? I'll I'll go first, I guess. I think yeah. there's some other names that were left off. I think Tyreek Mitchell from Crystal Palace. Um, Fakayo Tomori has had a great season at AC Milan. I really don't see how he didn't get called up. Um, and Jacob Ramsey as well from Aston Villa. I, I'm thinking he must be close or on Southgate's radar at least, but he still favors Connor Gallagher a little bit, which is fair. Gallagher's had a great season. Um, mm-hmm. What I don't understand about Southgate's selection, I'll kind of break it down a little bit. Um They've already qualified for the World Cup, and these are just friendly matches. So if you're going to drop people and, like, mix up the team a little bit and give some young guys a chance, these two games are going to be the time you do it. So if you're not going to do it now, when are you going to do it? And also, he did the whole thing last year with dropping Trent because of bad form to push him on or whatever. Trent went on an incredible run of form afterwards. Why don't you do the same thing with Harry Maguire? Harry Harry Maguire's had a fucking abysmal past few weeks. And he's clearly not good enough to be a center back that starts for England. 
uh, but he just gets selected like it's like it's nothing. Like he's just been good old Leicester City Harry Maguire, and that's just not the case. And frankly, I don't understand it, especially when you have Fakayo Tomori doing up bits in Italy. Yeah, I yeah. can't I can't disagree with Josh at all with those points. Like just watching Harry Maguire's performance over the last, I mean, three games even. Um, it's it stretches far beyond that. It's been questionable at best um you know he's he's dummying the ball in for for instead of poking it out near goal line he's out of position consistently why not if they are friendly matches let some fresh legs into the squad younger talent get that cap when it's needed not when it's wanted i guess is the best way to like look at it like you can't ever let these kids grow if you're going to throw in players like Harry Maguire in these off matches that you don't really need your full starting 11 but he clearly hasn't earned that so I mean I don't know it's it's very confusing yeah is... I mean I mean, I, I definitely think I agree with, with both of your points but I, I also do think that there is definitely some politics involved with that England dressing room and oh for sure I think dropping Harry Maguire would would probably lead to more media surrounding that England team that already gets bombarded mm. by media pressure pretty regularly. I think dropping Harry Maguire would lead to a lot. And I mean, at the end of the day, Maguire is absolutely on the plane uh, to, you know, next year for the World Cup. I think he's had enough media scrutiny around him this year I, I in my mind if i'm gareth south southgate my reasoning for not dropping mcguire is he needs something he, he like desperately needs a boost in confidence he needs to, something to find his feet he did all right the last go around at the england camp let me call him back up maybe he'll find his feet kick on the rest of the season if i drop him though if i drop him from these games that don't fucking matter e even if I call him personally and tell him it's not personal. We're trying out some new guys. We're letting some, some young center backs get their first couple of caps for England. You'll be there. The media won't see it that way. Yeah. And he'll get ripped to shreds. It's, it's slab head finally gets dropped from England. Is he next to get dropped for man United? And you know, then you get the daily mail publishing headlines about how his wife left him and he got stripped of the captain's armband at man United. So in my mind, I think Gareth Southgate is doing that as, as a way to just be like, all right, Harry, like I'm going to try to pick you up a little bit here. Um, and, I feel like and, there and, are know, with the big clubs. There's like a, almost a too big to fail aspect of like getting dropped. Well, like once you get to Man United, you're never going to get dropped from England, right? And, and yeah, but but I mean, look, Sancho and Rashford got dropped. Fair enough. That's like that point was right in front of me, and I missed it. So uh, fair play for that one. And uh, Walker got dropped too, but a bunch of stuff came out today that Walker, similar to like the point I made with. Southgate and Walker or Southgate and like not dropping Maguire but Walker was dropped so England could try more like young center backs like they mm. specifically asked Gareth Southgate about those guys and he said like in a press conference like he'll be with us in in you know in the World Cup we're just giving some new guys a try um and I'm okay with it as a City fan give fucking give Walker a little bit of rest give him some R&R &R, let him get you know he's had his bozo moment of the year that was the red card against Leipzig let him let him get you know rest his legs a little bit and be cool for this you know these this you know the last couple months of this season are gonna be fucking crazy and yeah it wasn't the we... runner-up medal 
No, he wasn't. He wasn't dropped for that. And hey, he was being a supportive teammate, all right. He was being a supportive teammate. I would have liked it if he wasn't wearing his runners-up medal, but he was just being a supportive teammate. It was funny. Um, the only other the last thing I had said, on that was uh. It just feels like Southgate always has... I know England has, like, a plethora of defenders, but it seems like he always has problems or controversy around that back line. Like, his selections specifically. And I'm wondering, like, when he will ever... I know, like, England fans will never be pleased because there's always going to be fans that feel, like, left out. But, like, when it will ever feel like he got it right. When they win something. When they win something. Then he got it right. Then he got it right. Fair enough. A lot of news surrounding that England camp, and I think there always will be. Um, I know it's fun for us as Premier League fans to like kind of be secondhand supporters of the England national team almost because a lot of our favorite players play for them, um, and it's people mm-hmm. we watch week in, week out. I feel like we kind of like relate to those fans a little bit. Um, so we kind of shit on Southgate just as much as you know a lot of England fans themselves. Yeah. Hey, England, if you ever need a second team to cheer for, you can you can cheer for the USA. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, we got young talent, and our manager fucking blows. Yours just has hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a checks very out. good point. I'm looking at the notes. It checks out. Yeah. Uh, la- so last piece of news before we tuck into, like, some actual updates is uh, some juicy transfer stuff uh, has popped up over the last couple of days. Um Apparently, the folks at Dortmund are have said uh, they think Holland's coming to City next year. Um, they, you know, they say all signs point to it. Madrid don't think they can match the money that City's going to give him. Uh, Alfie Holland, Holland's dad, uh, prefers him to come play for City over Madrid right now. Um, and then City, I guess, are you know getting prepared to trigger that release clause before um, before the day it's supposed to happen. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, as I as well have been saying this all year, um, but I think it's finally coming to fruition. Uh, I think Erling is going to be playing in Sky Blue next year. What's the deal with I've heard his dad wants 30 and Mino wants 40? Uh, we're prepared to throw the bag at all crazy. of them. It's going to be a ludicrous amount of money. We're, uh, all the reports I'm reading say we're going to make Holland the highest paid player in England. I mean, the Premier League is the best league in the world, and it's great to see more good players come, um, not to Man City. But I will say, uh, I think Klopp had a really good, almost like a little rant today about City not having a striker and how that automatically, like, putting a striker in there doesn't, like, finish off the close chances against Crystal Palace. Um, oh, fuck, yeah, it does. That's Holland is there instead of Bernardo Silva making that run into the box. That game's fucking 4-1. You're so horny for Bernardo, though, like... He had a like, terrible game. We can talk about it later. He had a well, terrible game. Yeah, but, like, I, I, Bernardo Silva sh- still should be able to finish the chances he was given. You're right, in, but in Holland game. doesn't miss those. A striker, a dude whose only point of being only on the job field is to, is to put the ball in the back run of the net. Like a he doesn't paranormal activity apparition. Up, they bomb his ass upfield, looking like a fucking Slenderman. Players like that don't miss those chances, and that's what City have been lacking the past like two or three years. So I, honest, I honest, with this signing, like you know, like one last knock at it, but like it just feels like City are trying to sign the weirdest looking human beings when it comes to a full out sprint. They got Raheem Sterling. The rumors <laughs> are coming for for Holland, the most intriguing looking individuals running upfield. Next thing you know, they're going to be signing me. 
you you modeled your run after Sterling. That's, so that's a deep cut for those of you out there who listen to this podcast and know how I sprint. But mm. all, all jokes aside, I mean Holland does fit the piece that City have been looking for for a while. Uh, the only transfer that I'm kind of keeping my eyes on right now is the the Mo Salah contract updates. Um, it's it's just frustrating um from the liverpool end um apparently they've put out a contract salah's agent according to fabrizio romano has said they have no intention of accepting the current contract where it stands at the end of the day mo salah deserves the bag and if we're not going to give it to him we're not going to give it to him and do you think you sell him I don't want to, do, man. Do, do you think that's – but what are you going to get for him if he leaves for on a free next year? I'd Nothing. rather have him for next year and try to go for another, you know, trophy run. You don't think that you could sell him and, and take a run at some of these talented, like really talented younger forwards? Like How much are you going like to get for him, though, in, for in a month deal? I mean, how much were people willing to play – I mean, bad comparison – but how much are people willing to pay for an Erling Holland with one year left on his deal? How much did Real Madrid pay for Hazard with one year left on his deal leaving Chelsea? How much money were City willing to pay for Harry Kane with yeah. one or no, he was like five or six years deep in his deal. He signed a, a fucking he's yeah. stuck. He's stuck at Chicken Ball FC for life. Chicken. But yeah. point still stands. Even if a player is older and on a dwindling contract or you know a new contract if they're really talented and a team wants them they'll pay the money like i think you guys could sell sala for 100 million next summer 80, 85 to 100 million and get in a really quality young and promising replacement like a christopher and kunku or someone like that that's like very talented we all know klopp can coach forwards we all know klopp can coach players we're not gonna have klopp for for allegedly after 2024 so that's next year next year is our last campaign he said it himself unless something miraculously changes his last year is 23 24 and i really want you guys to sell sala so we're we're coming it looks like to the end of an era but right now we're in the midst of one of the best title races in the last five years it's it like it's crazy how these two teams keep one one upping each other throughout yeah, it's, this it, it's 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 just, been a really good year it's it's rivaling the the 18 19 season where sure. we were chasing liverpool um we can get into it later um when, when you know we, we yeah. talk about city and, and liverpool and yeah and everything like that but uh i don't feel very good about it yeah <laughs> Uh, we can talk about you. Uh, you guys want to talk about fucking choking? Oh, yeah. baby, did the MLS have a fucking bad weekend? So this is what I meant by fifty-fifty uh, for the the football fun this weekend. Uh, two thirds, two thirds. We'll say two out of three teams uh, produced, but the Revolution did not. Uh, wanna, I'm sick. I want to fucking throw up. Going up. 2-0 in the snow. An absolute three nil. fucking... 3-0. Three 3-0. Nil. Three nil in, in a fucking blizzard. Like, I could not see Real Salt Lake players on the TV during the broadcast during the first half of this game. 
Oh, was, I thought you were talking about the the first. Yeah, no, no, it was no. two 0 to blow the lead to Rail yeah, Salt Lake, yes. and then we blew a three 0 yes. lead. You guys are you guys are getting night. all the losses mixed up. It's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I'm it's, it's, doing it's, terrible. It, it was a rough fucking weekend, Josh. Okay, okay. We play a rotated side in a blizzard, go up two 0 and then bundle that one. We lose three to three two at home for the first loss of the MLS season. Boys head down to Mexico for the second leg of the Concacaf Champions League. Up 3-0 against Pumas, and Pumas come all the way back, tie it 3-3 in the, I don't know, 70th minute, and then it goes to Pens. Tommy McNamara, fucking stinker of a penalty right down the gut, and then Sebastian Legette skies his. Earl Edwards, I, I saw some people on Twitter blaming Earl Edwards for what happened against Pumas. He saved a couple penalties in the shootout, didn't he? He's, he saved a penalty and had 10 saves during the match. I don't care who you are. If your goalie in a 3-0 second leg game is forced to make 10 saves, you're you're doing something wrong in the outfield. It's, it's your defense at that point, man. Yeah. You're up three. Like, put 11 guys behind the ball and just don't concede three. It, 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 was, it was frustrating. <sighs> Buxa did what Buxa does and – Missed about 15 shots. Um, Gustavo Bo took, I think, three shots, all from 35 yards out. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't our day. It wasn't a good night. It was not a good night. Um, but New NYC York City FC, FC yeah. they almost NYC did the same FC thing. held on. But they held on, though. So, they did. You know, on as, the much away as, goals. We, as much as we hate them in America, unless... Um, uh, did actually are they the only? The Portland is still in it too. Portland right? plays tonight at eight thirty. Yeah. Night so of recording. unless Portland lose tonight, night of recording, um, I will be rooting for NYCFC through the remainder of this tournament. Uh, because I just want to see an American team finally win the CCL. That's fair. absolutely. Yeah, Cruises will knocked out. Um, Montreal two goals. Yeah, but Montreal, one. fucking, they had a terrible first leg too. They 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 were not the team that America's hopes and dreams were fucking riding on. No, no, because they're not American. <laughs> Close, whatever. They're in the MLS. Close enough. <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, that's that's it for the uh, Concacaf Champions League. What about uh, how the Loons do this weekend, Josh? Well, the Loons beat New York Red Bulls in New York, um, which was a pretty surprising one, in my opinion. And so far, it's like we're, we've won five points, still undefeated, but it's been like the shittiest five points of all time. I don't think we've really played good throughout any of this stretch. And the, the injuries and absences list just keeps getting worse. We're still without Romain Metinair, um, which is a huge absence as one of our wingbacks. Another one of our wingbacks is um, out. He entered um, substance abuse rehab this week, so all the best to him. Um, we just got, I don't know if you guys know, I'm kind of still new to the MLS. Um, Kemar used to play for Red Bulls. Kemar Lawrence. We Sounds just, familiar. We just traded for yeah. him today as backup because we're like running out of defenders. Um, I will say Dane St. Clair started in net over Tyler Miller because he was out with um, sickness. Dane St. Clair stood on his head, got MLS Team of the Week. Um, and I know the Revs were kind of looking at him uh, with Matt Turner leaving as a possible replacement. He's a very, very, very good goalkeeper. Um, but the I, I got don't... three points. And... 
Yeah, I mean, speaking on the, the goalkeeper situation, I think Earl Edwards being our third, um, Matt Turner out with a, a an ankle injury or a foot injury, and then our second, I think he got injured as well. So Earl has has stepped up as our third, hadn't started in a, in a game since 2018, and has really come into the position being asked a lot and performing I, I I think people are so hard on on keepers, especially in the MLS. It's a it's a whole different ball game. Yep. But for for him to step up and fill the shoes that Matt Turner has, um, kind of set forth has been impeccable. Uh, you can't ask more out of this guy who's who's really just been a journeyman in the MLS and um, kind of stepping into the role. But I think the Revs have found their man in that for when Matt Turner leaves, and I think they're just gonna let let it ride with Earl. Mm. Yeah, he looks good. Was, I, I've been impressed with him. I, I think our back four has been the worst part, but I can do yeah, a whole episode. Yeah, a lot of rotation. Uh, I, I think Andrew Farrell uh, being out of this uh, this Champions League match really hurt us. I think having really? that better – I, I he do. He just hasn't been good well, this season, he, though. He hasn't, but he provides that stability, you know. I, I think what he does is a lot – having Omar on the on the left side instead of the right, would have changed a lot. And I think having who, I, who was it at no, Allen? No, I didn't watch the game. I just, saw I, for, I, I, I forget who it was. It was their first match of, of the year. Um, so Andrew Farrell came out cause he's played in all four competitions coming off of four games in nine or 10 days. I, it just, he needed a rest. So I, I did think that hurt Brandon by and, and Jones on, on the wings. They, they didn't provide a lot. It's just been it, it's been a shaky couple of couple of games for the Rebs for sure. But we'll see him now. We're focused on the MLS. We'll see him come back home and and reestablish some some power. You guys want to crack into some European play? Let's Hell do yeah, it. we do. I love talking shit about Juventus, so let's talk in. Well, before we <laughs> before we do that, there's actually some Europa League news that we missed out on while recording. Um, West Ham just went through against Sevilla. Andre Yarmolenko scored a hundred and twelfth minute goal to go through two one wow. aggregate. That's ins- wait. West, West Ham, Ham beat Sevilla. Yep. So that was eight, that was about eight minutes ago. Um, Yarmolenko scored to send West Ham through to the next round. That's no, fucking I, I bet awesome. Lucas is yeah, fucking shout out our man having Lucas. A time. Lucas is having a time right now. Shout out West Ham and shout out the bubbles that they blow at the stadium. <laughs> the bubble boys. <laughs> let's yeah, let's crack right into Villarreal. Um, stunning Juventus in Turin. I wrote a little bit about this game and I thought this was Juventus all the way. Juventus had been really good at home this year. Um, Villarreal had like a list of injuries they were expecting. They weren't sure if Gerard, Gerard Moreno was going to be back. Um, also, Raul Albio, I believe Juan Foyth, and Etienne Capu, um, all were suspected doubts, and like most of them ended up playing, which is good for Villarreal to get them in, and they ended up smacking Juventus three 0 out of the tournament. Three nil. Oh man. Throw some duct tape on it and send them out. There's one thing I fucking hate. It's Juventus. I don't even know. I just hate them. So I'm, I personally am thrilled. Uh, Spanish football wins, Juventus lose. It's a really, really good day. 
It, it was a good day. I, I liked that a lot. Uh, I said that tie had the most upset potential, and you did. That was the upset. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, however, I did favor Juve, so I was I was pretty. I was pleasantly surprised to see Villarreal kick the shit out of them in Turin. Yeah, it just absolutely mopped the floor. Did you see uh, three the goals in like? The... Sorry, Pat. I was just gonna say three goals in like fifteen minutes. Love to see it. Yeah, it was all in a short span. Uh, Mitch, did you see the banner they had after the game? The players, they had. J- I Justice didn't see the banner. Ninety six. Um... Oh no, I did see that picture yesterday. Yeah. I did. That was a uh, that was a nice touch. That I don't know if really that context nice. is because like the yellow submarine, um, obviously connected to the Beatles or Alberto Moreno, who's um, on that team as well. A little well. bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. Uh, but very cool either way. Um, the other one that was a little bit surprising was Benfica going through on Ajax. Um, they won the second leg yeah. one nil. I was kind of surprised to see Ajax go out this early. I was too, but after seeing the first leg and how organized um, Benfica were at the back, and how they were really they were matching Ajax, you know, blow for blow, um, going forward, they were they were giving that Ajax back line a lot to think about. They were transitioning really well. They looked super organized. Um, I wasn't that surprised by this result after the events of the first leg. Um, I really favored Ajax going into this tie. Uh, but, you know, Benfica showed that they're still a pretty good side in Portuguese football. It's nothing to fuck with. Uh, shout out Roman. He was fucking lit. Uh, he loves talking shit to Josh about Ruben Diaz. And, he, you know, he's a fucking great Portuguese listener. So shout out Roman. Uh, I hope we get Benfica in the next round so City can kick the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Benfica, they're very well organized, a very good defensive side. So. Um, props to them for for going through. Again, kind of disappointing for my axe, um, in my opinion. I thought Ten Hag would do a little bit better. Um, and then the Cuba. other big one from this week was Atleti bantering Man United at Old Trafford. Um, Diego Simeone running down the tunnel. You know, the United fans, the green and yellow United fans, throwing pies onto the field, everything they could at Simeone, just acting like Simil- trash at the end of that game. Similarly to their players, the fans too cannot put a shot on target. <laughs> Bingo! That game was it, just yeah shocking. It, fucking, it was ugly fucking football. It was two legs that were garbage and full of drama and Diego Simeone. Atleti finally ducked the Ronaldo curse. Um, a lot of really funny memes came from that game, uh, like showing. The Atleti starting 12, and uh, Harry Maguire was playing as the most advanced striker for a 12-man Atletico Madrid team. Um, a picture of an Atleti defender, an Atleti, or an Atleti forward, an Atleti forward, Harry Maguire, and Ronaldo. And the caption was, Atletico Madrid are marking Ronaldo with three men. Very funny. Um, the memes that came out of that game, top, top tier. It was like, memes, way the fuck up here, quality of football way the fuck down here um but uh as i always say um anytime man united lose a game uh-huh. it's a really good day for me so uh I, I have a i have a pretty good thought-provoking question is man united the new arsenal that's a that's not a bad shout the the thing is with them is arsenal like pushed leicester that weird 15 16 year they were close to winning the title and 
they've been like in and out of their banter year, but like they finally feel like they have a little bit of structure. They're like favored to get back into Europe this year. And like, I don't think they're going to be competing for a title anytime soon, but like they could win an FA cup under Arteta, like no problem. Um, United have been in like a 10 year banter era. Right. But it's, it's, it's becoming more prominent because Arsenal has, has, I, in my opinion, at least kind of surpass that level of, okay, you know, now they're getting the respect that they deserve. They have the foundation. They're a young team. They're figuring things out. But Ar- like Ar- Arsenal aren't at the level that United are in terms of the just absolute banter, shithouse banter every single weekend. We're getting, like, piss-poor defending, drama out of the dressing room. We're getting We're getting... Cristiano Ronaldo throwing his temper tantrums and then throwing in a, a, a hat trick every other week. Yep. It's just, it feels like there isn't a leg to stand on for United because they have every ability to go out and get a win and they've shown it. But then we're getting the plethora of memes hitting Twitter. And, and I think the banter has been targeted away from Arsenal to United. It's more I think like you're right. my thought process there. Yeah, and I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that, but I think they're the new Arsenal. I just think they are the current Man United, if that makes sense. I think it's yeah. a whole new fucking can of worms. It, it's it's kind of unprecedented. Man United. I, I, dude, it's crazy to say crazy to say this, but I think Jose Mourinho was spot on in 2018 when he said getting second with that man united team is one of the best accomplishments of his career because look at them since he's left yeah that that press conference he did when he was talking about them getting knocked out of europe like time and time and time and time again and then making it very known that the one trophy they won in europe was 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 him him yeah um he's right he's right man since ferguson that team has been like just disaster after disaster after disaster and like Mourinho brought like a little bit of success. I mean, great. But then he turned it. into Mourinho. It's third year Mourinho, baby. It's right. always going to implode. Yep. The the one I, thing I don't that know. I find like especially shocking about Man United is the dressing room politics. Of if a player gets dropped, the team gets like leaked like hours early. Um, the like the leaks in that locker room are insane. Like that team is just so disassembled and selfish. It's unreal. I don't see them yeah, really coming back in the. Near they're future. not together. Yeah, I think it's gonna take a manager, uh, entire team overhaul. Like, sell. They gotta sell a lot. They gotta bring in a lot. I think it's gonna be a minute before we really see, uh, you know, Man United get back to uh, where they once were. Um, I think it's at least five years at this point. Yeah. Rest in le- piss. Rest in piss, Man United. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the final eight of the Champions League now that we're done talking about Man United? Yeah. Yes, yes. We... we just needed to fuel the memes. That's all. <laughs> fuel the memes. It's always fueling the memes. Uh, final eight, Liverpool, Bayern. We got Man City, Atletico Madrid, Villarreal, Benfica, Chelsea, and Real Madrid. Uh, we'll go around. Who's everyone's favorite to win um, the Champions League unbiased? Unbiased? Uh, unbiased. It's a little hard, Josh. Real Madrid feel like they have the strongest case for me right now. 
I was I was leaning Bayern. Yeah, I, I think like... there was. I think they're a good pick too. Bayern I think, have been I think right, Davies. Yeah, but they fucking have been on a tear the last couple of weeks. Lewandowski's found his his fucking golden boot in his closet and been pouring in goals. They're moving the ball well, and Davies will be back. Neuer is back, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, they've been a lot just, better since he's been back. As well. I I I just think they have everything in their hand to play their game and and do the thing. But obviously, with my red goggles on, Liverpool are winning a quad this year. So it's tough. There, legitimately, there's four sides that can win: Liverpool, City, Bayern, or Real Madrid. Liverpool, we know. You can't are... count Chelsea out. We can't count Chelsea out. You just can't. They want. They're I, I defending will count champions. Chelsea out. Too much going on at the club right now. They're they're defending champions, bro. There was a lot going on at the club when they were in fucking tenth place in 2012, and they won the Champions League. Dude, if the Champions League, if I don't know where is it this year, the final. Do we know? They moved it from Russia. They moved it to um Paris. They haven't moved the. Oh yeah, it was Paris. It was Paris. They moved it to Ohio. Yeah, it's not the Parc de Prince, but it's the other one, the one the French team plays at. If it was somewhere further, they might not even be able to get to the game, man. I'd... Dude, could you imagine if Kai they... Havertz will just pay. Kai Havertz will just pay the travel costs. You, you imagine fucking they listen to Micah Richards and be like, put the thing in New York! Put the thing in New York! And Chelsea God, has to I fucking love, row, a, row a boat across the Atlantic. <laughs> I, I do think I Chelsea are counted out for me. I, I just don't see them uh, really going far. They they might get it into the into the semis. I, I don't, don't think they have them. the offensive capability to do it. Defensively, no. yes. They didn't have the offensive capability last year, and they won the thing. There's like, more strong sides Jorginho this year. Because am I right? I just don't I'm... think Chelsea have the pieces to to. To be here right now it's like they're they're kind of like the surprise I, i'm more surprised chelsea's made it this far than benfica i think my dream I'm final not. this year would be liverpool bayern Klopp against bayern one more time in the final that would be iconic that'd be fun i too would like to see your midfield try to mark bayern's <laughs> i mean we had tiago who was bayern's best midfielder a couple years ago and now he's our best injury prone midfielder hey he had a good good game last night he good did recovery, have a very good, good recovery uh didn't yes. make that one mistake well tiago fab maybe not hendo in that game we we could talk about that but could I, you imagine not starting jordan henderson, yeah, I, our henderson club would captain start in a champions game. league final i said that and immediately like kind of quivered but you yeah, we're going to throw Tiago, Fabinho, Nabby Lad to start the Champions League final. That's, yeah. Yeah, Nabby would fuck that shit up pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> yeah, I, I like Madrid, though. I like the, the veteran core. I think Benzema's aging like fine wine. I think Vinicius has been one of the best wingers in the world. Um, I like their back four a lot. I, I, I just like I like Madrid. I like Madrid. On no bias, Madrid are my favorites to win it right now. Um, full bias, you're obviously going your boys in blue. Full bias, it's fucking Manchester City, and it's the quarterfinals. I'm terrified. What? So <laughs> this comes out Friday, which unfortunately is the day of the draw. Uh, just kind of like bad timing of like when our podcast. What's that? Comes eight out. eight o'clock tonight? No, I think it's tomorrow morning. It usually is in Friday mornings. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But so 
when this drops, who do you guys want to see your team draw? Like, what's your ideal? Mitch, you can give yours before me, and then Pat. Who do you want to see in the the quarterfinals? I would like to see City draw a good team. I'd like a tune-up um, moving into these later stages. Uh, I would like to see, like, an Atletico Madrid um, or a Real, in all honesty. Um, I think easy draws hurt teams in the long run. Um, you know, I, we got to start a bunch of fucking, like, babies yeah. in the second leg of our game against Sporting because we won it 5-0 in the first leg. Um, I think a challenge will get City in the mindset that, you know, they need to step it up a notch. You look at our Champions League final run last year. Um, it was easy tie in the round of 16, uh, Borussia Dortmund in the quarterfinals, PSG in the semis, and then we ultimately lost to Chelsea in the final. But two really good teams in the quarters and the semis, and I think that's what City ultimately need. They need that competition. They need to get up for that big game, and they need something to spur them on if they are going to get back to the final. And I think that first step is a team like an Atletico Madrid or a Real Madrid. I, I just want to. I want City to draw a good team. In the also, quarterfinals, in if, I, round, if we get there, we get there. Draw English sides. English yeah, sides are I, open. I just don't want Liverpool. I feel confident against Chelsea. I don't want you guys. Get the fuck uh, away from me. So uh, my, I I see two teams that I feel are the only options that Liverpool end up drawing. The first being Chelsea, and the second being Atletico. I, I see only those two options as as the clubs that we'll end up facing in this quarterfinal. It just yeah. it just feels like those stand out more than than anything <laughs> on that list. Um, and I wouldn't be upset upset about either one of them. Um, I think they would be good hard quarterfinal matchups that, if we are going to do the thing would be a huge stepping stone just kind of like how pat said it i'd like to see a harder semi-final i wouldn't be i think Villarreal would be the team i want to face uh just because they play a little bit more open i think that kind of favors us compared to benfica which would be breaking down a good defense which we can have uh, trouble with sometimes um i think with the group of death and then drawing inter milan in the round of 16 i think we're kind of due for an easier result actually um I do want to throw out there, though, that if Liverpool do draw Man City, I saw someone tweet this. We're losing. Well, no, listen to this, Pat. If we both win our FA Cup game um, this weekend, the FA Cup game would be right around this time as well. If we happen to draw Man City in the Champions League, we would play each other four times in 15 days. Oh, my God. I have to watch you beat us four fucking times. It might not be 15 days, but it's it's like... in the space of three weeks, we would play each other four times, which would be. I'm literally peak. gonna be a recluse. You're gonna beat us four fucking times. You're not gonna. You're not gonna talk to me for a month. It would be incredible. I mean, what a run that would be. That would be I a don't, obviously I don't if they drew each other in that. the FA Cup as well. Yeah, okay. Be... That being said, nobody saw fucking uh, 2010, 2010, 2011 Barcelona Real Madrid peak Jose Pep. Nobody saw them playing four times in a month. It fucking happened. Yeah, fair. It would be incredible, but Villarreal obviously is my take, just like with them being, I feel like, the weakest team left. I would be shitting, puking, screaming, and crying if we drew Liverpool in the Champions League and had to play you in the FA Cup. 
<laughs> it's a a possible result, which is unreal at this point. Um, but we're we're talking about um, English teams. Go ahead, Mitch. I didn't have to say that was Pat. That was me. One thing I do I do want to note is um looking at the representation of the top leagues in the last day of the Champions League. Uh, you've got three England. Yep. Two Spain. Three Spain. One Germany. Three Spain, sorry. Three Spain. One Germany. One Portugal. No Italy. No Italy, no France. What's that say? Well, I... That the Serie A and Lagoon are just not up to snuff. Yeah, ultimately. It's just I... interesting to see that. It's uh, I think you, you get to see some... I, I think it's crazy that a team like like Juve didn't break into the last eight, losing to a team like Villarreal. I don't know. You've always known me. I've been a, I've been a big upper of uh, of La Liga of Spanish ball, um, so I like to see their representation equal England yeah. in the in the last eight of the Champions League this year. It's not That's necessarily telling because PSG went out to Real Madrid and Inter went out to Liverpool. So it's not like they're necessarily like the eight best teams in, in the world are the eight best teams in the quarterfinals. Right. But I do get what you're saying, Pat. All I'm hearing is Spanish ball took out Messi. I I used to be a big um, opponent of Spanish ball, so. That was uh, that was one of our first conversations. We have to do a roundtable episode oh where we God. just talk about football. I can't believe that. I forgot about that. That was a Queen Street argument back in the day. That was so funny. Well, we'll save that for a side episode, but fuck me. That is hysterical. I was so drunk. That is so funny. I mean, I was such on the right side. Like, like three years later, I was, like, totally on the right side of history there, I feel like. That was, that was just so fucking funny. Uh, it was anyway. Fun. You you brought out we'll some stats on. that I could not even imagine, and like you just had them like right on your hand. And that impressed <laughs> me. I was fucking uh, balls deep in La Liga that year. I was doing balls. nothing but watching Spanish ball in Man City. Um, balls. So that's the Champions League. That's talking Champions League with the main stand. Uh, <laughs> we we can talk- move into yeah. Let's let's chat England for a little bit here. Uh, talk about the uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the graphics every week are my favorite part do of the a... episode. Putting those graphics on the screen and fucking every one of you. <laughs> do a do a England update here. Uh, we can start with uh, Tottenham continuing <laughs> to be impossible to predict. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start off. We actually have to go back two matches because. <laughs> Tottenham playing Man United. Uh, Ronaldo scores a hat trick, which was unreal. Arguably brings Tom Brady out of retirement. Um, that was a crazy match of football to watch. Did you guys watch that one? I did. Unfortunately, I uh, I, uh, I I'm not a big Ronaldo stan. So when he ends up doing Ronaldo things, I just kind of get really. I go into the mauled mode. I just start mauling over it. And as soon as, like, Arlo White starts screaming Cristiano Ronaldo at the end of the game, I was just like, okay, off, (laughs) bye-bye, on to the next thing. But I don't get this Tottenham side, how they can go from, like, beating City in the fashion that they did to dropping the points that they have and then just bundling this game against United, too. They're Tottenham. 
That's how you. They're fucking Tottenham, dude. I like. I feel I feel so bad for Farwell, dude. Like I could not be a Tottenham fan, it, like at all. At Bless all. his heart. Bless like, his heart. It takes heart. work. It takes work. So props to you for putting up with what you are putting up with. We'll my get friend. into this later. They have not won back to back games since December. That's crazy. You just if you go to like FB ref or who scored, it's win loss, win loss, win loss. They literally like just trade wins and losses. Like yeah, they don't even they don't even split points. They just fucking lose. Well, they go out and beat Brighton uh, in the middle of the week two 0 and it, like Brighton's a good side, and it's like what actually is happening? What ac- right? What what is going on? Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, what, what is, is going, going on? on? What is going on? I broke um... my camera. Outside of them, uh, Everton did bag a pretty fortunate result uh, today against Newcastle. Uh, they scored a goal uh, in within their uh, 14 minutes of added time. Do we uh, want to talk about the guy zip tying his neck to the goalpost? Yeah, his it, shirt was like, "Keep no, no more oil, oil. Keep oil out." Well, if you, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Uh, there's people in England that like sit in the road and stuff like lay. I, I, they have a name, their group. Um, they'll like lay in the road and block traffic, and I think it's like probably tied to that because it was like an oil dependency shirt. He was certainly tied to the fucking goalpost. I don't know how he did it so quickly. I was gonna make a joke on Twitter saying that Pickford couldn't stop him because he has little arms, but uh, Pickford <laughs> didn't start today, so I had that one loaded in the dock ready to go. Um, it was hilarious watching the Everton people try to get him free of the post. The bolt cutters they had that were like... For a the... zip tie. For a singular zip tie. This this dude that ran on the pitch, like, props to you for having probably the weirdest kink ever. Because that man is practicing zip tying his neck to goalposts. And it, the, the fact that he was able to get down there, get that around his neck and fasten that fast and cause a 10-minute disturbance in the match... And then just go full board mode, carried out by his ankles. It's just what's the better the Everton stand? delay? A guy zip tying his neck to the post, or the black cat of twenty twenty? The black cat, hundred percent. Like get the your, black cat get your was political. At least funny. Yeah, get your fucking stupid ass political statement that nobody wants to pay attention to. Sit your ass in the seats. Like get out of here with that. Like there's enough politics going on. We don't need protesters talking about oil. And zip tying themselves to the fucking post. It, like, I, I, I personally like oil. You, of course, oh, you do, Pat. Patrick. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I love oil money. It's my favorite. <laughs> Pat's gonna get us canceled. <laughs> Speaking of oil, um, Man City are sweating right now. We'll switch gears I'm right to Man City. Not feeling good. Um. I said it in the group chat earlier today. I'll uh, put it on wax. <laughs> I think I was a little hasty saying we won the title a couple, a couple episodes ago. Um, and now I feel like we're going to fucking bottle it. Uh, yeah. Hats off to Palace. Um, start there. Definitely hats off to Palace. Um, I was in Connecticut all weekend, so this was the only game of football I actually watched was the City game on Monday. Um, but I uh, can't be said enough. Palace played a really, really good game. They defended really well. They pressed us really well. They made our lives unbelievably uncomfortable. 
Um, Connor Gallagher having another phenomenal match. Yeah, their whole midfield really, really impressed me. Um, their forwards were good. They looked dangerous going forward. Um, Patrick Vieira is a force. I think he is definitely due for a good job at a big team in the next couple of years here. But uh, the work he's done with his Palace side this year has really, really impressed me. Yeah. Um, Bernardo Silva had one of his worst games in front of goal. Uh, he missed like four sitters. Um, City definitely should have scored at least a goal. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, when Cancelo ripped one from 35 yards and he hit the post, I knew it just wasn't going to be our day. Uh, then that De Bruyne's really shot. good take off the post. And then the little left-footed flick over the head attempt that got saved. You can just tell it wasn't going to be City's day. I, I've supported this club long enough. I fucking know when we're just not going to win games. We were never going to win that game. Um, that being said, that being said, I don't think we were that bad. I just think City were unlucky in front of goal. Um, you know, I think if a deflection goes the right way or Bernardo Silva's left foot is at a slightly different angle, we're not having this conversation because when they get this game one or two nil, um, I think Grealish and De Bruyne were our two bright spots. I thought Grealish played another really good game in a City shirt. And De Bruyne is De Bruyne. He will always be our best player when he has found his feet, and he has definitely found his feet. Um, I think the title will be decided on April 10th. Uh, for sure, the game between City and Liverpool, I think, is ultimately going to be the one um, that determines this league title, uh, especially if there's a winner in that game and there's sort of a draw. And uh, both clubs are two sides that don't play to tie games, that play to win games. So there will be a winner in that game um, if either one has anything to say about it. So title race is definitely heating up. I, I think if you're a neutral, you're really enjoying this. Yep. Um, if you're me, Josh, or Mitchell, uh, you are giving yourself uh, anxiety just thinking about it. Losing literal it, years off of our life. I, but, I think I've lost like 14, 15 pounds and just water weight from sweating during these last few matches. It's just like I can feel my heart pounding through my chest for 90 straight minutes it's just life support please put me on a heart monitor make sure everything's good uh but we move there's only what eight eight games nine. left ten games nine nine games so right in the middle uh nine games left yep uh the, the end of the season down. is gonna be a, gonna be a fun one um i got confidence in my guys ruben ds is back in training um if there's, if there's anything we know about city it's they're they're gonna go to the very last game of the season so I think this, these next three weeks are going to be super, super fun. And uh, if you're a neutral, enjoy. Uh, I will be not sleeping. The very last game of the season, coincidentally, against Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa. I hope Jack Grealish scores a hat trick and celebrates in front of the fans. It would be unreal if uh, like it did come down to the last day and Gerrard never winning a Premier League but beating City on the last day to give Liverpool the title would be iconic. Um, At the end of the day, he's never won a Premier League, and that's all I would take. That's all I would carry with myself. Yeah, he's a manager now. He's never, he's not gonna win one with Aston Villa. No, but I don't think his Premier League managerial uh, time is has come yet. Yeah, we'll I see. I don't think that time is up. He's a fraud. Yeah. Okay. We'll switch gears over to the the, the second place team right now. Me and Mitch is Liverpool. Um, just a iconic. That pick goes hard. Yeah, it is. Uh, an iconic 2-0 win over Arsenal. Uh, much needed. There was so much anticipation. I feel like 
almost a little bit of sweat from Liverpool fans going into this one. Um, we just bossed that game. It was kind of like Inter Milan, snatch and grab win. Arsenal kept with us for the first 45, and then we just took our chances in the second half and won another game at the Emirates. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely not a 2-0 game. Um, it, it was almost carbon copy of the, the first leg of, of the Inter Milan series. Um, Arsenal played really, really well. Martinelli, man of the match, oh, for yeah. sure. Um, just absolutely toyed with Trent for 90 minutes. Trent did get his licks in. And when, yeah, the last like 10 minutes of the game. <laughs> when, but when when he's not in the one on, one-on-ones getting caught out down the, the wing and he has somebody like Hendo there to help box, it, it works. You know, you, you change shape defensively to what is going on. And I don't think it happened early enough. I think they were allowing allowing Arsenal to kind of play down the wings a little bit more frequently. And it, it almost bit us in the ass a couple of times. Thiago with the errant pass back um, almost leads to a goal. Allison, no clue how Arsenal didn't score that goal. Yeah, no it, fucking idea how they didn't score there. On Odegaard. Just, uh, it was a nervy one. It was a nervy 2-0. Definitely felt like a 1-1 like a draw. It, it was uh, a challenging match. But Liverpool went into a toxic environment and yeah. secured three points. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I thought just... Arsenal. Sorry, you, you can go, Josh. It's your team. I'll, I'll give my two cents at the end. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, little just like individual pointers. Jota. I mean, he scored seven and seven against Arsenal. Just continues to own them everywhere we go. Um, and I thought slotting in an subs... impossible, impossible stop. Uh, yeah, shot to stop there. That like, was on. That was that was totally on Ramsdale. Yeah, Impo- that, so well. you saved you you saved those. That was like that was. Just he had his hands goal. on like, it, but he hit it. That was so bad. hard was, near post. Was, if you hit something that no. hard near post, that's like a near that post glitch on FIFA. You got to cover that shit. That was bad goalkeeping. You you can't you can't hit it harder than that. And, and that was expect, like what do you what do you want What do you want him to do? Tap it in. He no, I want Ramsdale it. to save it. That was bad goalkeeping. He had his it's fucking just... palms on it. I'm on. He got his fingers on it. That was bad goalkeeping. You yeah, don't get beat in your post like that. He shouldn't have. But it was bad give goalkeeping. Jota some, give Jota some credit for putting the ball perfectly on that air post. Just bad goalkeeping. Aside, I get it. You don't want to give Jota credit. I get it. It was bad goalkeeping. You don't want to give Jota any credit. Aside from Jota, I thought Andy Robbo was class. Uh, I think he Robbo against Saka was nuts. Yeah, yeah, that was a wicked fun duel for ninety minutes. He kicked the shit out of Bakayo Saka for ninety minutes for the most part, and ultimately that kind of duel led to the second goal. Um, Saka gave the ball away, and Robbo just puts a ball into Firmino, who just has like the deftest little touch past uh, Ramsdale, which was really nice. Um, That was a great goal. That was a really well, really, really well taken finish. Yeah, it really was. And I really like Klopp's in-game substitutions there to bring Firmino and Salah on. I thought they made it just a huge difference in the game. Um, yeah, a lot of really good individual performances to shout out. The one from Arsenal, um, besides Ramsdale, I thought Gabriel was just shit, especially for that second goal. Uh, literally just like Bobby's pointing at Robbo before he even gets the ball, saying, this is where I want it, like right here, and just runs right in front of Gabriel. And I hear this talk 
every fucking week about how Gabrielle's like, oh my god, next great Arsenal defender. Everyone talks about Gabrielle. I said it the first time we played him this year. He is fucking shit. He is so bad. And he messed up in the Liverpool game the first time we played him. He messes up again. Mistake that leads directly to a goal. He's not a good defender, or at least needs someone better playing next to him. Uh, and him and Ben White are ultimately on the ground crying as Liverpool beat them again. Um, I love watching Arsenal fans gas themselves up just to lose against us. We have absolutely owned them this year, and it's been awesome. They're one of my and, funnest and it, groups of on Twitter to like wind up. And it, it is. I think that's stemming off of that uh, that meme culture that we've so eloquently been able to experience over the last few years. Oh, um, we we have had Arsenal in our pockets this season, and it feels it feels good because usually Arsenal over the last few years, especially, have been the team to let a let a, a game slip. And and they'll they'll make us pay for it, and we haven't we haven't taken the the foot off the gas against them this year, which has been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I have sure. two cents about this game. I would like to input now that yes. the Liverpool fans are done. Um, I think this game really speaks volumes about um, not only the quality gap between Arsenal and. Liverpool and really Liverpool and the rest of the Premier League, but also the experience um, in that Arsenal side. Uh, there, they dominate the first half. I think they're really unlucky not to come away with a goal in those first forty-five minutes. Um, and then they come out, and you can see that they're, they're they they felt nervy the first ten or so minutes. You know, Liverpool made some changes. They're like, all right, we're going to play our game. Like we we we're better than the side. We know we're better than the side. And the minute they get that first goal, Arsenal were deflated they're making really bad passes they look nervy they're not running at players anymore they you can tell that there is a lack of senior leadership around arsenal's really young core to like pick those young guys up and, and you know get them back to playing at those levels they were playing at in the first half because if arsenal come out and they play the same game they played in the first half i think it's a totally different ball game but the fact that liverpool got that quick you know snatch and grab goal and then they have the experience in the side to say, we're going to play our game. We know where Arsenal have their flaws and we're going to play into them and we're going to beat them. I mean, ultimately, like Josh said, Gabriel targeted for the second goal leads to a goal. Um, targeting Saka and experienced Saka down that left side, you know, makes a, like a rash kind of crazy, like kick clearance, trying to put it off of Robbo and out for a corner or a goal kick. It hits Robbo and he gets to the rebound and, and it ultimately leads to the assist for the second goal. Um, you know, poor goalkeeping from Ramsdale, really good run from Jota in behind. But again, it's all coming from Gabrielle's side and that side that they had been attacking the entire second half. And there's there were no adjustments. There was really nothing changed about Arsenal. And then when that first goal went in, like I said, they fell apart because they don't, they don't really have that ability to get back up for games after the wind has been taken out of their sails. And... It, you know, it, Liverpool did. They they they, they played like champions. Honestly, yeah. honest to God, I can only give praise to the way Liverpool played that game. They played like champions. They played like a team that are in a title race, and they know they're in a title race, as opposed to an Arsenal side that are young and they're inexperienced and they don't really have the guys to get up for some of these games like that. And then I think this game really did show just just a gulf in quality between Liverpool and Arsenal. Uh, and and like I mentioned, like I said, Liverpool and the rest of the league. Honestly. Um, you can, you can say the same thing, the same type of issues that Arsenal faced when they played City. 
you know, it, it, it's just these two sides that are just better than a lot of sides in the league. And if you don't disrupt them, if you don't make the most of your chances or you don't stick to your game plan for 90 minutes, they're going to punish you. And I mean, that first, that first goal going kind of circling back to it, it came out of nothing. Tiago yeah, just kind it came of, out of nowhere. Like Tiago, it, it almost like was a mishit pass. Like Tiago just floats this ball through two lines and it just finds Jota in, in the box. And even the commentators didn't see it coming. Yeah, the nobody. commentary team was, was like, no, 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 wait, holy shit, Jota scored. It, it, it was like there was no pressure at that point. There was no real buildup. And Arsenal were playing their game. They were sticking to their guns and they were finding success in that. But you just get this this one fleeting little moment where Liverpool capitalize on 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 just kind of like the chaos and and create their chances, create that goal, and and ultimately solidify the three points in a tough match. That was the go, going back to the Jota goal. Just you know, piggybacking off of what you said, Mitchell. That was the first instance that Arsenal didn't have a man within two steps right. of a Liverpool midfielder when he received the ball. They they gave. For, Tiago, six seconds on the ball, and yeah. he, he that was an assist for the first goal. And you know you can't give a team with that much quality that much time on the ball. And the minute they they did, they went one 0 down. Yeah, and right after halftime, it felt like like right after the Odegaard chance happened, um, and then that goal kind of came out of nowhere. The combination of those two events and the, the timeline of them, it felt like it just kind of killed the match, especially with that goal coming out of nothing. The, the stadium yeah. just got quiet because it was like yep. what yeah, it just happened. The stadium quieted down. Arsenal's forward stopped pressing. Um, the only player that looked like he gave a shit was Martinelli after that point. Um, and you, you could just see that Arsenal uh, – the minute you scored, I knew it, the game was over. Yeah. Arsenal fans leaving the ground early too, uh, acting like they were sanctioned like Chelsea, leaving the ground, <laughs> emptied out quick in the middle of that uh, lower section, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but that's enough Premier League talk for now. Uh, Mitch, why don't you lead off the Fiorentina forecast? All right, boys. Just as I had predicted last week, the Violas take a big three points, winning 1-0 over uh, Bologna. Uh, they are up against Inter Milan this weekend. So Inter Milan have only won two out of their last eight. And they're sitting in, I believe, third place right now. So this is this is kind of prime time for the Violas. They need to step up and take these three points. Um, you know, take advantage of a struggling uh, inner side. I I think they are able to pull a point out of this. Um, ultimately, I don't see I don't see them winning. But just a little fun factoid: in Fiorentina's 11 campaigns that they've had 46 points through 28 games in the season, they finished in the top six each time. We keep finding ourselves at at these little milestones throughout the season. So, uh, you know, with with Fiorentina only being two points off of sixth and three points off of fifth with a game in hand, I I say it's sunny right now for the the, the boys in purple. Yeah, it's partly cloudy. You're on six yet. We got we got some chance for overcast, but uh, it's sunny right now. It's sunny right now. They. Uh, they're they're taking command of of life after Dusan, and I uh, I see Fiorentina's shocking the the other two co-hosts here, but we'll find out in a few weeks when the season wraps up, huh, boys? 
it's always good to hear. We will see um, pretty soon. Next, I think we got the the betting preview here um, yep. for the weekend. Have quite a few games to talk about, but we'll try to fly through them um, just for the sake of brevity. Uh, Wolves and Leeds is the first one in the Premier League. This one's an interesting one. Leeds won their first game under Jesse Marsh, um, I believe, last weekend. Um, Wolves have also been playing a little bit better. I have the Wolves money line in this just because I always, when there's like one standout defense against a kind of unruly attacking side like Leeds, I'm always going to stick with the defense. So I think Wolves hold out and plus 120 on the money line is pretty good value. Oh, yeah, dig it. Perfect. Aston Villa Arsenal, another really, really good match. I think this is definitely one everyone should kind of look towards um, or look for watching. Um, with that being said, I think Arsenal bounced back against their loss uh, or from their loss against Liverpool. Um, they won the reverse fixture earlier in the year, 3-1 to one as well. So I, I see them winning again. We're kind of going money line heavy this week. Had really good success betting the money line lately, so... Arsenal have plus odds, uh, plus 135 just to win this one. So I think that's a pretty good bet as well. Villa could give them trouble, though. Villa do have a really good defense. And we know Coutinho loves to score against Arsenal. It's um, been a while, but we, we know it. it. We know it exists. Yeah, has been a little bit. Um, Leicester-Brentford, another Premier League game to look out for. I feel like the Premier League's kind of loaded with good matches this week as uh, some other teams play in the FA Cup. We have some good mid-table matches. Brentford obviously haven't been tremendous as of late, but neither have Leicester. Um, I could see Brentford giving them trouble, at least grabbing a goal. Um, so I do see the overhitting in this one. I think we'll see goals from both sides, and that's at minus 115. That's at Leicester too, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. And then I believe this is the last Premier League game we're going to talk about, but West Ham-Tottenham, another arguable game of the week. Um, we talked about it earlier. Tottenham haven't won consecutive games since December where they beat Brighton in the midweek. I think you have to favor West Ham here. Um, I actually have the West Ham draw no bet at plus 120. So if they draw, you get your money back. Um, this is favoring the West Ham win, obviously. I think they're going to have a ton of momentum coming off that, that European victory against Sevilla. Do you guys think that Tottenham will lose this one? Um, I, I don't necessarily think Tottenham lose. I could see a draw coming out of this match. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think West Ham, are they going to have the legs? Mm. With the midweek Europa League fixture? I think we thought this the last time when they were going to play Villa, and I think they, like, trumped Villa pretty bad. So I. Yeah, but okay. Okay, Tottenham are dog shit. They're a fucking disaster, but Tottenham aren't Villa. Oh, he's I don't know, wrong. man. <laughs> That's He's not wrong, but he's also not right. I'm not wrong, but I'm not right. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be wrong. Let's, let's have a week premise. I, I shouldn't be wrong, right? I shouldn't be. It may, what I'm saying makes sense. But at the end of the day, it's Tottenham in 2022. And yeah. uh, you can't trust them. You can't trust them. Yeah, I, I'm not going to fight you on this one, Josh. I'm not going to fight you on this one. You know, I'm going on the very statistically accurate win-loss, win-loss, win-loss form. 
Uh, they're yeah. due to lose, so we're going with that. <laughs> um, then we'll, we'll switch gears into the FA Cup here just really quickly. City Southampton. I have uh, City minus 1.5, minus 115 odds. I think City see this one out pretty comfortably, especially in a cup tie um, this early on in the FA Cup. I think they'll yep. be fine. I know they had trouble with Southampton earlier. God, I hope so. <laughs> you hope you're right. Well, that's, that's usually how it rolls. I hope if you have, so much. If you have trouble in the league, usually you'll get them in a cup match and like banter them and beat them pretty badly. So that's what I see happening in this one. Palace-Everton is a pretty intriguing FA Cup match as well. I think Everton have no legs after tonight. Um, and I think Palace uh, beat them. Money line's plus 105, too. I love that line. Um, Palace just seem to have a little bit more identity right now, and I, I'm still not convinced by Frank and his tactics up to Ev. Um, and then the last couple I don't match, think any of us are. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> they, they needed to appoint Big Sam. I said it as a joke. Big Sam, I think, would be doing better than Frank right now. Big Sam at least keeps you in the prem. Exactly, and that's all that matters. Uh, Forest versus Liverpool. Uh, I think for any soccer fan that was around in the 1980s, this match probably has some nostalgia to it. Um, big, big FA Cup match. I mean, what a match for neutrals to go watch. They've knocked Arsenal and Man United out of the FA Cup, and now now they're facing big old Liverpool. Um, I do think Liverpool have just been classed since the turn of the year. Um, since 2022 against English opponents they have won nine out of nine only conceded twice that includes um the Carabao cup final against chelsea so i have liverpool minus one and a half in this that's minus 135 not great odds but i also have a, a liverpool clean sheet at minus 115 added on to this um mitch do you see us getting through pretty easily against forest i wouldn't i wouldn't call it easily um because forest have been able to capitalize on those individual errors they've been able to capitalize when it matters most and there's a reason that they're playing liverpool in the fa cup at this point there's there's a reason they're here um so i'm not writing them off yet and there's a lot of history in in the in the matchups before we were around so i i think it's going to be a tougher match than we may anticipate uh but i do see liverpool getting by uh nottingham forest here and i do see uh I do see the clean sheet bet hitting uh, Allison and our, our back line have just kind of hit hit that next gear as of late. So I, I expect that to keep uh, holding as as it has. For sure. Um, a little bit of La Liga action here, just two matches. I had uh, Sevilla versus Real Sociedad, and I have the Sevilla money line before the West Ham result. Uh, I have that Ooh. plus 105. I'll stick with it. Sevilla have been pretty good lately. They're a hard team to beat, and the fact that they got beat 2-0 tonight, you would think there'd be some sort of response in the team uh, this weekend. You would hope. You would hope. Go real social dads. I love you, David Silva. (laughs) Real social dads. Uh, And then finally, El Clasico. Um, El Clasico doesn't quite have the hype it used to five years ago. I just feel like lately they're just not the same sides. Um, Barcelona is playing a lot better. Aubameyang has seven goals in his first ten appearances for Barcelona. See that front line starting to mesh a little bit. Ultimately, Real Madrid have won the last, I believe, five meetings with Barcelona. Um, So I'm going to take the Real Madrid money line. I think that's pretty safe at plus 110. And I'm going to take the under on 2.5 goals at plus 125. 
I think Rial is going to try to save a little bit of legs in this match. Um, I know that sounds crazy to say against Barcelona, but I see this one maybe being 1-0 uh, or 2-0 two, two in favor of Madrid. I disagree. I think the, the ball that Barcelona have been playing, both for, for club and European competition, have been a lot more than we, I think, have been giving them credit for. Um, the addition to... Abba or addition of Abba to the side has definitely put a positive outlook on his play lately. And with Real Madrid, if you think they're starting or going to save some legs for what's to come, I think Barcelona have an opportunity to to step up and and do something about it. Yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from there, Mitch. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, I think you know. They just had two big European nights. Real Madrid's was against PSG, and Barcelona's was against Galatasaray, which I think tells all the story you need to know. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Don't cut um, them out, Josh. We'll I know happens. you hate Barca. I know how much you hate Barcelona, but don't count them out. Maybe I'll make a trip out to the, the Spotify camp now in a couple years. <laughs> Jesus. I do hate you, Barcelona. Uh, but it's they a have your picture game. in the front office that says, "Do not sell tickets." To <laughs> do do not allow. Not again. allowed in. Your <laughs> barred the entry. List. <laughs> they just have a mugshot of me posted throughout their offices. Um, <laughs> They've got your fucking Twitter handle in the ticket office. <laughs> that yeah. is the main stand this week, boys. Do you guys have anything else to add? Um, uh, go Revs, go Reds. Go City, go Revs. I think we're going to bottle the title, but it's fine. Subscribe to the thing. Uh, you know what to do. Hit the button so you get updated with new episodes. Um, also, the third boy here in Minnesota is coming back to Maine, so you can look forward to maybe some live apps here in the future. Yeah! The Maine stand is all finally back in Maine, baby! Yes, sir. All three of us will be here for some revolution. Yeah, look in for Minnesota a group games. vlog. A group vlog uh, All three coming to you soon. Uh, yes. That, that is it for Perfect. episode 31. Like, share, subscribe to the podcast. You know what to do. Hit us in the DMs. We'll see you next week. Deuces. Deuces. Peace.